you're listening to The Walkout. Big Tommy here, along with my partner and my good friend. What up, man? Mark the Menace Young. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, you know me, man. Hanging out. Good to see you, bro. Good to see you, too, man. It really is. I knew that was going to happen. I, did you see me staring at the board? Going, yeah, that was Why cool. What you, ca- you caught it. was like, you DJ'd that right there, bro. <laughs> it's happened every time we've done this for the last month, and I don't know why. That's weird, huh? Yeah. That's all right. Tricky. My brother caught that quick. It was on loop, and I don't know, for whatever reason, I keep forgetting to take it off of loop. But we're talking about all these great events that are coming up, including oh, this weekend on yeah. the 30th in Long Beach. There's a great Bellator card. Yeah. I look forward to seeing that. And uh, the 805 zone, Ryan Lilly will be fighting. He fights good. out of the uh, Boss Rootin MMA right there in Thousand Yeah, Oaks. we were just talking about the good old Boss Rootin. I got to go up there and spend some time in that, that gym and just uh, you know check it out and train with some of the guys there. Really good dudes, definitely. So that's going to be cool to see him fight on this card. Boss Rutten's hilarious, too. Have you ever seen him like in comedy he situations? He is one of the best storytellers that ever lived. He is so funny. One of the best storytellers. So I, I actually, uh, one of my fights, he had some fighters that were in my corner. Uh, we were all in the same corner color. And uh, he was back there, and we, we got to hear a lot of stories from him. And uh, he's just really, like, genuine guy. So that was really cool because it was like, you know, Hey, look, there's Boss, and he. I've followed him for a long time in his career. I watched all of his videos about how to take care of people in bar fights, stuff like that. The thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing that don't you do. I, he's the best dude. I mean, he had some his videos to make me die of how you could jack somebody up. He has a, a close relationship with Kevin James too, I believe, because he. I don't know if you uh, watched the TV show sitcom uh, King of Queens, but he was on that a few times, kind of like oh, guest I haven't appearances. Seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, and then they did another show. I think it was called Kevin. Oh, was it Kevin Can Wait or something like that? But there was a, one that they did later, and he was actually one of the co-stars, and oh. it was really great. Like he, I think it, they were. Um, I think they were private investigators. And Boss was like one of the the guys that worked there at the firm. He's a great, he's a great character, and he's so funny. I gotta see that man because I really, really like him. Like you know his his uh, his whole demeanor, how he uh, you know comes off. And like I said, I've been right there next to him, hearing him tell stories. And I mean about real things though. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just just like one of the best man. And he totally knows how to use the accent to make things funnier too. For sure. Like an intentional way of making it funnier. And it's so he's just so great. What I do notice is like you don't want to fuck with that guy. Like even at his (laughs) age right now, um, you could tell he's always gonna know how he you know he's bald and just he's not small he's a big guy he is. and you know you could still tell that he you know yeah he's, he's he's firm um and you just know you just know if from what he could do then and i always tell myself this like when you, when he was younger he was dangerous just because he got old he's even more dangerous yeah because you know you you get better with age so knowledge yeah yeah his knowledge of what he can do is is and he's a teacher and he's got his name on the side of a building which means he has to constantly work you don't just get that and walk away from it and let you know oh, yeah. your managers run it you have to actually be out there getting the accreditation you have to actually be out there working you know, sure be yeah getting that work in he even has what those bo- i always wanted one man they cost like a yeah, maybe 1500 maybe a couple thousand um those uh they're like machines that you can they have like a 
a head. They have two pads on this side, two pads down here, oh, kick nice. pads, and you're just able to punch, uppercut, hook, kick. You can do everything all in this this uh, system he has. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I always wanted one of those boss rooting uh, fighting system stands or whatever the hell they're called. That's right. He was in the, uh, what do they call that? The uh, infomercial space right. for a few minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Can you great. imagine? Yeah. Well, he's in the UFC Hall of Fame and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. Deserves to be there, man. Yep. But yeah, it look, look, looks like it's a great, going to be a great card and one yeah, of our favorites. So, so, yeah, what Archuleta. is that? You said, P, uh, is that uh, Pico who's fighting on there as well? Archuleta is fighting? Yeah, Aaron Pico's fighting. And then um, who's a, a, I've, Aaron Pico, I've seen fight locally. His his MMA record's 10 and 3, so it might not have been, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I was going to look up a, a, when we, when some we of his, Yeah, some of his fights where he was. It looks like uh, what, McGee is fighting, is that? Oh yeah, AJ McGee. Yeah, yeah he's a he's great fighting. fighter. That's gonna AJ be AJ McKee's yeah. fighting Carlisle. Okay, it's gonna be a little. Uh, yep, here we go, Mister Patricio Pitbull. We were talking about um, you said you said you haven't been able to make it to a, a Bellator MMA nope. event yet. So I have we're, not. We're gonna rectify that. I really like when they do it at the the Pachanga uh, Resort or the Pachanga oh, Hotel. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one where they where they do it out there because they've got like a perfect sized arena for for what they do, and you know I already know the layout, so I know where right. <laughs> I know where we need to go. Oh right, right. <laughs> but uh, um, we have to go do one of those soon. Well, we can we can go do the same thing that we do at Spar Star. We could do that at Bellator without a problem. Oh, that would be amazing, bro. You do not even know, yeah, because I I've, I've never been to Bellator, and there's. That's like there's so many greats that are fighting over there still, like right right now. You know, they came from the UFC, and that that's where they are. That seems where they're comfortable and where they can call home. So, yeah, and Bellator also employs a lot of the UFC legends, like Hoist Gracie. I've, I've seen at many Bell. I mean, almost every Bellator event I've gone to, he's there. See, yeah, yeah, yeah that's. And so, what are they on? What number is this uh, one that they're coming up? This with? was uh, a Bellator number two eighty six. So, does that mean this is the two hundred eighty sixth fight card? I think so. Wow, man, that's that's wild. I'll have to look through because I have I've saved these from every fight that I go to. Right, and uh, I'll have to go and see what which um, the earliest one that I've gone to because I've gone to, I've gone to quite a few Bellator. Belter puts on a really good show. They keep the party going, and um, they—they really the access is great. Like they really, you know, if you if you want to go talk to the fighters, you're able to go talk to the fighter from a a media standpoint. For sure, (laughs) man. I don't want fans showing up. Yeah, pop back. Yeah, back there acting crazy. So this is coming up. That's in Long Beach, right? Yeah, it's in Long Beach. That's gonna be a great uh, at the Long Beach Arena. That's gonna be a blast, dude. This is 7 p.m. You know, it's October 1st, um, Long Beach Arena, man, for anybody who can get out there, main cards get started at 10. So that means there is Bellator, there, uh, Bellator 286, and that means UFC is going to be having their, let's see, let's see what, what UFC um, card is this weekend. While you so, pull while you pull that up, we'll go to back to the Bellator real quick and right. uh, send a shout out to my friend Chris Cyborg who won her boxing debut over Man, the Man, nice. Yeah, nice. she uh, she won by um, uh, unanimous decision over the lightweight champion Katie Taylor. 
So, right oh wait, on. no, 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 that's not who she beat. That's, okay, that's who they're talking about. Her fighting next. All right, who did she beat? Um, see, it's one of those things where you're like, I really wish that I could have. Um, I wish I could have known about this ahead of time because I would have watched it. And we I were, follow Chris. But I don't know how I missed this. And we were just talking about this, how, you know, n- now the way fights are, you know, there's so many different, you know, organizations and places that people are fighting. And we don't get things anymore delivered to us from our television. It's delivered from our phone. And hopefully an algorithm is is, yeah. is fed to you on that. And if you don't know, you just don't know. And so it's, it's kind of weird. You know. So her fight uh, last night was against Simone Silva, and I, and it's hard to keep up on boxing because of all the right. divisions and all of that stuff. So apparently, Katie Taylor is the undisputed lightweight champion, and um, Chris uh, either wants to fight Katie Taylor or okay. that's a. I mean, I'm sure that they would love to put that together because that would yeah, bring that, attention to both fighters. It's gonna be a brawl. I mean, you know, she Cyborg could can throw down. I mean, I know she. She went up against the lioness, which is a total different breed of yeah. person, you know. And just because the lioness made it look like it was kind of easy to to walk through cyborg, she is not easy to walk through. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she caught her early. She yeah. had a great game plan for cyborg. She did. Cyborg does not usually get touched, and cyborg usually is the one that will slap the other fighter around a little bit. And for sure. She's done it many times where she just doesn't finish the fighter because she's she just fun. smack yeah she's having fun <laughs> smacking them around, that's 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 amazing man that's amazing yeah so I mean it looks like there's so many fights coming coming in just this Saturday alone because and of course you might be able to catch all of them it's kind of smart how they set that up because um, this weekend main card Mackenzie Dern against Jan Xiaonan uh, I think I said it right. Um, but that main card starts at four, so that that's it's kind of cool because it can be a whole day of watching mixed martial arts, you know, throughout the whole day. So yeah, that main card got some good fights on there. Um, you know, looks like you know Daniel Santos is gonna fight John Castaneda. Um, looks like Mike Davis uh, is gonna be uh, fighting uh, Borshev, which is which is crazy. Uh, I, I know of Mr. Mike Davis. Oh yeah. So yeah, it, it, old, old teammate of my brother's. So yeah, that should be interesting to watch. He's you know he's fighting under the lightweight, so and he's on a main card. So wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if you were to to uh, go to the um, the the prelim card, you definitely do not want to miss um, you know uh, Tabitha Reese. She's gonna be oh, fighting. Yeah, yeah. She, she's fighting Jessica Pinya. So. She's so active. That's so great. And it's great to see uh, Jessica Penna getting back in there, too. For sure. Yeah, th- that's going to be uh, a good match. Um, um, you know, Tabitha being from, you know, the area, that's just really, really cool to see. And yeah, probably going to be a really, really good fight. Yeah, and I think she's got a pretty good little win streak going right now, too. She does. She yeah. does. She's on. She's a 7-1 right now. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, that's a, that's a good streak, man. Definitely feeding into, you know, you know you're being so i wonder if um i'm gonna look up the rankings because i wonder if either one of them are because i would think that by now tabitha should be ranked right Mm. you would think that yeah i know i know i know my brother always tells me oh what's the sure dog like what (laughs) i guess sure like sure dog is so freaking 
know, he always tells me that you got to go in there to see people's real. Like, okay, okay, brother. <laughs> but you know, I guess on some things he's right. You know, some some you know they got to get your whole record on there. Okay, so it looks like. Well, Jessica Penne is, in fact, um, ranked. She's the 10th, and I don't see Tabitha on there. So maybe this is Tabitha's uh, breakthrough into the into the rankings. I would be. That's nice. Yeah. That is nice, man. It's, uh, she has beautiful traction right now. So just keeping that up, you know what I'm saying? She's on, she's on a great, she's on a super awesome, great win streak. And she's, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to give her all the props to keep that up. I gotta be honest. I'm kind of surprised Jessica Penne is in the top ten because I don't think she's been super active. Hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been just not paying attention on the nights she's fighting or something. But I thought that she was somebody that I kind of followed fairly close enough. I think you know what I mean. She's fourteen and seven, so I mean you know she she you know she's fought fourteen fights, but I don't know in what um, you know as far as the time or when's the last time she has fought. I definitely know that Reese is. Um, is active. She's been active. She's been fighting as of recent. Yeah, when uh let's see, so most most recently Jessica Penne lost to Emily Ducati. Okay. This was uh in in uh July. So it was recent th- that was recent. Uh she did beat Carolina uh Cole Kaywitz or <laughs> Cole Kaywitz. <laughs> um she did beat her. Um so I guess that was probably yeah, the the by armbar that that was at the UFC 265, um, and that was her second win in a row. But that was after coming off of three losses in a row. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so, huh? It's kind of interesting to uh, to look at. She had lost to to Joanna um, Andrade and Danielle Taylor. So I I don't know. It's kind of a Interesting. I think, I almost think like when you come off like a losing, like where, you know, you have a few bad fights and you, and you lose those. And then uh, once you come out of that valley and you're on the up and up again, you know, I, 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 that feeling is really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really good feeling because you feel really clear. Um, you've taken all of those things that happened, um, you know, in the fights where you, you, you know, you lost and you took those losses as lessons. Um, but you feel really clear mm-hmm. on your way back up. So that's why you always see it. Somebody does really good, then all it takes some losses. But then on their way back up, they're doing really, really well. Because well, they see things so much clearer now. You know? Yeah. And um, and they don't have that burden of the the wind streak that, that's staying, keeping that alive. Yeah. I was just about to say that's um, probably the biggest burden to have is that you were undefeated in trying to stay that way. And running that hype train, and then yeah, you look at Ronda Rousey, yeah, Ronda sure. Rousey, who really didn't have the all-around talent to back up what they were they were trying to present her right. as. You know, I mean, certainly she was a great champion and did did great things, but they were feeding her people at good right. times for Ronda, not necessarily good times for her opponents, and you know, it was they were they knew what they were doing, they knew yeah. what they had. And they knew that they only had her for a limited amount of time. Yeah, yeah, because... <laughs> She's like the McRib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it ain't coming back. They weren't able to bring it. You know, she, and she found her lane. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's a, it's a really cool thing 
that after in the beginning it looked like there wasn't much that a a fighter could do after their career was done over there you know or wherever they're going but now they're able to not just be coaches and open gyms mm-hmm. they're able to go off and be actors now mm-hmm. and that's like really really cool and go off and be in like wrestling and all these other organizations to make money and feed their family yeah because honestly coaching is not a, a windfall that's not you're no. not going to get rich from becoming a coach i don't even know rich coaches like that like you know if you're I a coach there are any. yeah see if you just open a gym and you're coaching someone you do it because you love it yeah you know you probably have enough money to pay the bills um put some new stuff on the wall maybe save a little bit of cash to go on some trips with your family mm-hmm. but you're definitely not living high on the hog because you run a gym right um i believe like if you're a coach to a promising and you know good you know fighter who's out there who's getting paid good money oh yeah well then hell yeah you're, you're getting you're gonna money. have a few good years you really are if you're but fighting but not necessarily rich unless it unless no. it's mayweather mike tyson for sure because somebody cause, yeah yeah because Say you're a manager and you manage your fighter and he's dope for like three years and he probably in his three-year career made freaking, I don't know, let's just give him a high ball. You made freaking, what, 15 million? Mm-hmm. You know, 15, 20 million? I don't even know if that's a possibility, but maybe. And, uh, you know, as a manager, I don't know, that's it's 10%, I think, what they say, 10%. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not bad, but like as you said, it's not like you're gonna be, you know. Yeah, but managers and coaches are different things. Some people have managers and coaches, but you're right. They're, they're the same person, but not everybody. I mean, that's probably why coaches get into a little bit of management, and that's not always necessarily in the best interest of the fighter. Not always. Like I, I think there are a lot of m- most people that are drawn to coaching are virtuous people because they want to pass something. On that they feel is important. Right. It's you're, you're dealing you, when you go from fighter to coach, you're, you're dealing with legacy now, you know. Right. And um, and so I feel like um, I feel like they're inherently pretty good people. Generally, there's you know there are their one offs and our opportunists and our pieces of garbage that wiggle their way in there saying the right things. But for the most part, coaches are good people. Yeah, you're right. And because it does take a lot um, to get in there and like teach people who don't know anything and really, really give them something that will make them want to pay you. Mm -hmm. But then I think you have to have something real behind you because that person has to see progression in going there. And paying you and returning and coming and coming again. They don't want to just... I'm sure that no one wants to go somewhere and just truthfully not see that they have any progression. Right. So that's kind of why I love when I'm at the gym. I've been there for the years that I've been and teaching people like and seeing in some months their progression is like, whoa, you really taught them that? You really taught them to look better and know and be confident and uh, and to be able to do this and that? So it's a great feeling. It's cool. Yeah, it yeah. is. 
Yeah. It's, it's hard. Right? It would be hard to do that and manage somebody because you want to. Oh, yeah. That, I think that that would be a difficult, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, like what they call that uh, uh, conflict. Conflict of interest. interest. Yeah, I just yeah. believe. Because say you're, say you're a coach and, you, you know, you have love for this fighter and, you know, you've been teaching them things and, you, you know, you care about their mental, but then you become their manager and now business is a part of it now, and you, and you have to make decisions based on them. But now you too, because hey, you gotta get your palms greased. Yeah. Oh, I so could I have. Think where I could have shady. Three months paid rent rather than just one month's paid rent. You're right. Yeah. So, and you just find. I think that's why so many family members with people who are trainers and help with management got fired and because it just money is the root of all evil yeah and you get a little taste of it and especially when you have control over where it goes and somebody trusts you with it mm -hmm. you know they're like hey i just trust my manager man he just makes sure to handle everything and he makes sure at the end of the night i got my check but you know that's probably where the, the bad part of it comes from is trusting someone not knowing what happens and that person being the manager, uh, you know, just gets a little taste of cash and misuses that somewhere along the line. I've seen it happen in music, yeah, martial okay. arts, in, in life in general. It just seems to be what happens. Yeah, I think at the least money, at the very least, it clouds judgment. I guess, like, I mean... You got to think of it like this. So as we've been growing up my whole life, you know, you've been told that, oh, yeah, money's the root of all evil. But you, it's something you really, really need. Yeah. You really, one of my favorite songs is For the Love of Money. Oh, yeah, right. It's just like, if, but if you listen to the words, it's like really real. They're saying, you know, a lot of real things, what, what people will do for it. Mm -hmm. But it's so weird that we really, really need it. Yeah. Like we really need it says it in the song. I really need it. Like, but what we really do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And no, it probably uh, can't make someone happy, but then it can, per se. Yeah. You know? You know? Well, the happiness that it brings is, is, a, is one of those temporary, like a dopamine happiness, like a like yeah. more of a temporary, you know? Yeah. A comfort you know, maybe less stress. It's a different kind of stress, but le like you don't, you know, you don't have to like look around when you take your trash can out and worry about something happening to you or whatever, you know, there's just different levels of it. You're right. So I think, I believe I have this feeling like with fighters and people in positions that have lots of money where at first they had nothing and then they were given something. And when they were given something, they can't seem to live anything like they did when they didn't have anything. So now their cost of living goes up super high because of all these things you really want. And then when you're in the position to be bringing in money, I bet you it becomes really hard because you're the only person who's bringing in the money. You have to be, even though you got all these people working around you, but you got to be the one who's still driving the boat to yeah. bring in the money. And then I'm sure once you see that you can't drive in all the money you used to, now the decline comes, but the, the, the statue of living that you've had 
is now already way up there. And now you can't go back or you're going to look a certain way. Yeah, and the entourage is already there. It's Everything's already there. So that's why it's almost where I always see that money is, you're right, that happiness is not real. It would not stay there. It doesn't stay there for most people who have it. Yeah. Because it's that thing. They came from nothing. They went and got all this stuff because they felt this is what I've always wanted to make me happy. When you get it, you have to obtain it. That's kind of hard. You, you can't obtain it, so you start losing it, and now you're back to... And so money really isn't happiness. It's it's it's, a, it's evil. Well, even you look at um, like the, the way I understand the story of, of, of MC Hammer, where he... You know, he was, I mean, he was making so much money, but he had so many people around him and he wanted them to be comfortable. He took care of them and he kept them around even when he wasn't making albums, even when he wasn't touring and things like that. He still had a a payroll of, you know, entourage and stuff. And, you know, that you can't put that kind of pressure on yourself for one. Like like that will create a mental block, excuse me, that itself, just that pressure, I think will could create a mental block that's hard to put out another hit or put out a like. I think that that gets in in the way of that creativity because when you feel like you have to do something, all of a sudden it's not art; it's it's something else. It's work. It is. You're right. It, you it, know, and it seems like it's that way for everyone who's super successful and has to keep it up. You know, like I was watching the documentary. Um, you know, I watch. I like to watch a lot of documentaries, and of course, I, they're watching the. It's the the ones on wrestling. Uh, oh yeah, the dark side of the ring. Dark side of the ring. Yeah, those I, are I think good. I was watching those on these fighters, man, and and some of them were breaking my heart. Like I, I actually felt heartbroken at watching the story of them going from nothing, being given money, going through partying and cocaine and drugs and drinking and fuck my family i just want to party with girls and it was in every single story that happened on there um you know and it seems like every you know for all these fighters that that i grew up watching that was the story it always came when they got the money it wasn't who they were before yeah you know so i I just always this is something i always think about in this in in this whole thing since you know our show is the walkout if you think about it it is talking about the mentality of fighters and what they go through not only just fighters we can go even further and talk about comedians mm-hmm. there are multiple comedians who have were given money and their lives have been turned upside down yeah oh yeah you know yeah, there's a lot of comedians that get to that uh, that place where they've been itching to get their entire life, that right. level of fame, and then when they get there, they realize they're still not happy, and you know, it's a it's an ugly thing. So, can you imagine being being given or somehow coming up and acquiring twenty and thirty million dollars, and you have it right, and then you feel like you you're so happy you're doing every and anything that you always wanted to do and then at some point you just get to the point where you just notice that none of it made you happy yeah Yeah. that's probably how people just crash because they spent their whole life thinking 
if I got this, how happy I would be. And yeah. I get it. And they're like, I'm not, I'm not happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to <laughs> just have that thing where I, I get money and be able to know what the feeling is. I always think that too, because um, there's a lot of people who do great stuff with their, um, with what they're given. Like right. I look at people like LeBron James. He doesn't really look to me like he's unhappy. Maybe, right. but looks fairly happy to me. He has really nice looking kids. Some kids that are going to play ball as well. And oh yeah. Why wouldn't you be happy? Right, right. You know what I mean? So I think maybe it's not every. Maybe it's not everyone who gets money. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe there are there are uh, exceptions. Yeah. To the rule. Sometimes it's just the the chase of money and what money will, you know, turn you into. My guess is that LeBron probably had a pretty good support system. Right. I mean, we we gotta remember LeBron was kind of a prospect from the age of like thirteen or fourteen. Right. Like he was jumping out of the gym at like fourteen years old. You know. Yeah, you're right. And uh, so I think, you know with a good support system. He was really close to his mom. And so I'm guessing that his mom probably had a lot to do with his decision making and, you know, right. So I think you're right though. I think, I think it's possible to be, I think it's possible to be, um, happy with money, but I don't think that it's possible to be happy because of the money. Thank like the money could definitely make you more comfortable. For sure. You know? Yeah. And we That's all not, fantasize about what we would do for other people when we got the money. But for sure. For some reason, when people get it, they don't seem to do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're right. Uh, oh, if I got money, I'd, I'd go build homeless shelters and la, la, la. And you get money, you don't see any of that stuff. You yeah. see people posting a video of them giving some homeless people person money so they can get likes. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. Than, you know. And, you know, I look at, like, a, you know, I think what Jake Paul was saying, oh, you see Mayweather going over here fighting these exhibitions in Japan and stuff so that he can get eight, nine million dollars to pay his taxes. And I thought to myself, that's smart as shit if he is. Yeah. He spends a lot of money to have mm -hmm. a good time in life. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money that you have to pay a year mm -hmm. tax wise. Why the hell would you want to spend it out of your own cash? Yeah. You can go somewhere and literally do something, make that money, and just give it to the tax man for one night's worth of work. Right. Man, guy's a smart yeah. businessman. Oh, yeah. So I respect that part of it a lot more. And you can't be mad at that. Why would you be mad that that's how he's... Who wouldn't do that? He's probably the most famous boxer alive right now, and he fought overseas without much fanfare in the United States. Not a lot of people knew that he even fought over the weekend. Nope, I, I missed it. But I, he made a ton of money because, guess what? We're not the only ones that pay for sports. We <laughs> and they got a lot of money over there. Yeah, they got a, money is not a thing in you know to go fight over there. So. Looks like, you know, he's really smart. Go over there. It looked like he knocked that fucker right in the face. Yeah, he got him good. Cracked him, yeah. Like, cracked him really good and, and, and put him down. So, And that dude was scrapping him. He was he was really coming at, you know, Mayweather. He hit him. hit him a few times, you know, but, you know, Mayweather's still good. Yeah, he sure is. He's still, you know, money wave. He's still good. He's still fast. That's probably why he still stays a little active. For sure. Because he knows he can still, he still has it. Yeah, and he's he's smart, you know, 
who's he's not trying to fight um to take titles and lose titles he's retired and I, now i'm starting to understand that people moan and whine because they would love to draw him into getting a paycheck off of getting in the ring with them mm-hmm. but he's smart he's like D- i thought you guys heard me say that i am retired from boxing with my record untarnished First of all, I'm not going to give you guys the chance to tarnish it just because you would love to. I understand. And I got that. Yeah. It's a done deal. Well, he's like 50 and 0, right? Yeah. And it's going to stay that way forever. Mm-hmm. The only way that I'm going to fight is an exhibition that has nothing to do with my record. Because those exhibitions aren't, I don't think that they're, they're going on a record no, at all. Not at all. If he lost, took anything, none of that. It's just. It was an exhibition. Doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. Muhammad Ali lost the exhibitions after his career. There you go. So yeah. didn't doesn't ain't gonna tarnish nothing. Got going. Actually, I don't know for sure that he lost, but he did fight in exhibitions. I shouldn't right. say he lost because I don't know for sure that that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. but I know that he did fight in, in quite a few. And I think that that's that is very once again. I used to bitch and moan. Oh, then I started to understand his his vision of how. And you know why he's doing what he's doing, and it's it's smart business mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, his records are already solidified. That's that. If and if anybody, if he were to get knocked out out there, it would be in the United States. It'd be like he did. Oh, that's silly. Like it wouldn't be they, like it would be kind of like a weird bar fight type of a feeling. Not anything sure. to do with his legacy. Yeah. Yeah, I know people would love to attach it if it did happen to. Oh yeah, you know you're fifty. Oh, you're fifty and one now. Uh, no, you dumb shit. <laughs> You're an exhibition fight. You are definitely not credited. You're, it's just. And no. he's fought a few exhibitions now. Like that, sure. that, this isn't his first. This is a. Oh no. He's fought at least four or five. The coolest one was probably Conor McGregor. I liked when he fought Conor. Yeah. Definitely didn't like when he fought the Paul brother. That was whack. The the Conor McGregor build up was uh, was pretty good. Ooh, and there then, was a lot going on. Yeah, but, it, but I, there was a point where I knew because I I kept thinking, all right, they're not really going after each other physically, but they right. are going at, at at each other verbally for two guys that supposedly really hate each other. Right. And I kept thinking, okay, it's either put on, and they're in it together, or they actually don't like each other, but I kept thinking there's nothing that, that like solidifies one way or another. Yeah. What solidified for me was there was one point where Connor rubbed Floyd Mayweather's head. Most solidified. And, that and never Floyd happened. didn't do anything. And I was like, Oh, they're in this together. For sure. Cause all Floyd did was smile from ear to ear. Cause yeah. he started seeing money. Yeah. He was like, man, I can't believe he did that. That was good. Yeah. That was going to touch my head. He didn't even look up or anything. He could, you already know when, when he actually fought the Paul brother that, and that what he was upset, he was pissed. At, I don't know when he tried to take his hat off or whatever. Yeah. You know, that got physical. Yeah. Go try to touch his head at the casino. See what happens. Shit, what happens with you? You will be. He he loses. I I've heard him lose it on cameras. He seems to definitely you know want to piss off the champ and yeah have him jump out of his skin and come scrap with you. <laughs> yeah, that was when I knew I was like, oh okay, it's a fix. They're or not not yeah. a fix, but they're in it together. They're, they're together. selling a fight. Yeah, this, selling. Is, this is about brick. And then it was enjoyable because you, then you're like you enjoy the showmanship of it. For sure, it was definitely a good fight. They fought. They really were trying to scrap. Um, but you know Mayweather can't be touched, so he 
he handled it. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll always remember that. It was a good one. Well, Connor wants to do it again, and I think Floyd does too. So it'd be kind of fun to see that. Oh, I w- it would be. It would mo- most definitely be good. I would. I would pay my money to see it for sure. Would you rather see that, or would you rather see uh, Connor and Diaz go again? No. <laughs> I, no, I don't. I because I truthfully believe that Diaz is smart. He'll take that fool down, choke him out again. Yeah. And I know Connor's probably gotten a lot better at his. As his jits and 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 you know take down and stuff like, but I don't know, cause you need your your legs, you need your legs under you. Yeah. To, to jits, to roll, to do submissions, to wrestle, to grapple, you have to have feet under you. If they don't, you're not gonna be good. Yeah, so that's right. I don't really know. I probably don't think a lot of his training is that, cause you can get hurt. You yeah. Get, that can be out of here. So, you know, one thing he's able to do is keep striking. That's why probably his upper body is really big right now. Yeah. Because he's able to, you know, use a lot of upper body and just strengthen the legs, keep them strong so they don't they take an injury. But, uh, that kind of brings up a question. That, that how, how hard do you think it is to stay hungry after somebody gets that level of money? Because, like, you know, over in Dubai, everybody else is staying in the big, beautiful hotel, which is this exquisite and beautiful and... You know, everybody loved where they were at, but he pulled up a yacht and lived on a yacht, you know, next to the like the money that he has, whether it was his yacht, a rental yacht, whatever it was, cost a lot of money. Right. Like you have to wonder how hungry can you stay all day long when you live like that? I mean, we ain't seen him fight. I mean, but you got to remember, we keep just because that's what we want. He's smart. The businesses, what he did with the money mm-hmm. was smart. Take that money, got the got the the whiskey, the Irish whiskey. Yeah. Everybody says it doesn't taste good. I mean, you know, it's just just whiskey. Yeah. But what we all didn't know is when he busted out with it, we were on the hype train. Yeah. Do you know how much money he made off of selling the whiskey? Mm-hmm. Tons. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he made really good deals with UFC at the time. We literally saw his commercials on UFC. We saw him on television. Mm-hmm. We saw. His monikers inside on the the mats and stuff. He made smart business moves. I'm sure Mayweather taught him some game. Like brother, this is how you do it. This is how we do. This is how you do it. They're in a world where they stick together to make, keep the money going. So he taught him. Yeah. So that's. I mean, I don't. I don't think Connor's hurting for cash. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't. not at all. But I wonder how that I wonder how that translates to when he does fight because he does say he wants to fight. Like, how does that translate? I mean, he looked fine against Mayweather, and he had a lot of money before that. But now he's in a new new atmosphere of money between yeah. Proper Twelve and the you know the money he made on the Mayweather pay per views and all that. Yeah, stuff. he got all he got you know gyms. He got you know he got all kinds of stuff going on. I still believe he's a great fighter, and we just need to see him fight. I mean, I believe. He um, he better come in with tune-up fights, not like some people that don't need to be in the ring with him. No, give you know feed him some, uh, you know some some good fighters to work up. Don't just jump right in. I'm gonna fight the champ because that's always yeah. that's why. Because then that's how you lose that, and then it's like, well, what do we do now? Like, yeah. where do you go from here? So no, you know it'd be better if you came in and you fought like 
number three and beat him. Now I'm going to fight number two. I'm going to beat you. Now I'm up to number one and let's go. That's probably a little smarter. Yeah, fight somebody who's like, um, fight somebody who's maybe on that hype train. But it's like at that, somebody that's getting gaining popularity but maybe doesn't necessarily have the the resume. But somebody like Connor's experience would be able to kind of shut him down. Something right. like that. Right. Yep. Something that would be like a good matchup for him or something. It'd be great to see him back. I don't, you know, I don't know if we will or not, but well, we're saying it, Connor. Get back <laughs> in the ring, there, good man. Get back in there. The luck of your Irish. And so there's a fight over th- coming this weekend. Uh, is is it this weekend? The, the oh, yeah, Jake yeah, Paul. That, that, nope, that is October 29th. Oh, October 29th. We will watch Anderson Silva. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna want to catch that. So October 29th, Anderson Silva against. Uh, one of the Paul brothers, one of those dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Anderson Silva is just such a great I'm waiting MMA for the Spider Man. Spider, come out there and he got good hands, boy. Hopefully, he catches him right on the chin and then sits him down. Yeah, it'll be an interesting fight. It'll be a lot it'll of fun. Be cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. How long has Anderson been boxing? Did he kind of like go into that um, after his MMA career kind of wrapped up? Yeah, yeah. It's, he's, been, he's been doing that for now. What is he's going on in his second year? Nice. Of, looks like second year of boxing, putting his hands on everybody. He was always such a blast to watch in the cage. Yeah, so it's fun. That's why I'm like looking forward to it. He's training his sons to be the next Silvas, and they're good. So that's cool. Oh, so he's working on that. Yeah. That's yeah, so his, great. His, his sons are, are fighting right now. That's so amazing. He's grooming them up. Wow. Well, let's uh, let's get all of our uh, housekeeping out of the way. What's going on over at the gym? Uh, Jim, you know what we're doing? We're just over there. We are locked in. We have some fighters who want to fight on Sparstar. So hopefully soon me and you will be reaching out to them with our coaches and, and, and figuring out how to get some of our newer guys on the Sparstar card to fight. That would be nice. We get um, Michael a call. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's all we got to do. As uh, far as me, of course, like I told you guys all, I'm going pro. So, of course, I am in the process. That's a lot of paperwork, a lot of doctor's appointments, and things like that that have to be, ha- that have to be done uh, for me to be able to become a pro. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at there. Nice. You know, Jim, we are still ho- uh, having our class. Again, that's Progressive Martial Arts in that, Ventura. That is PMAV uh, Ventura. Um, of course, we have uh, our classes still, children classes, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we have Graciela. She's coming, of course, to do the stick and knife class. Nice. Yeah. So that's going to be really, really cool. Um, yeah. So that's that, that's that's our agenda coming yeah. up here in the next month. Go find the Progressive Martial Arts on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. And yep. they, they always post, like, the different uh, workshops and things that are coming For up. For so sure. Go you follow can. them. Give them a follow. Thank you, bro. Um, as far as myself, we have our big show coming up Friday at the uh, Giggles Live Santa Paula at the airport. Whoa, whoa. That's going to be a great show as we celebrate our seventh anniversary in Santa Paula. Nice. And then looking a little further into the year, November 21st the project understanding golf tournament which is going to be so much fun and i can't wait to uh it's coming bro. yeah it's at the, the sataquay club which is like the top it's like the comedy club it's like the top uh golf club it's like the top golf course in the area it's going to be really amazing it's beautiful so That's great awesome. yeah so 
looking forward to that. I appreciate you uh, making time and sitting down today, man. You already know how we do, bro. It was really cool being here, and uh, we're just going to keep this rocking. Sounds good to me, brother. Thanks for coming. Mm.